Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Johnson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Chris Mannix coming up here momentarily. Uh, writes for Sports Illustrated and joins us on Mondays. We'll get his thoughts on the NBA's return. Now that we have a plan and things are moving, uh, Gordon, real quick, just some news. Sham Sharani are reporting some dates. Uh, tentative NBA postseason dates, uh, August 16th to the 17th would be the play-in tourney. August 18th would be the first round. September 1st, the second round. September 15th, the conference finals. And September 30th for finals game one. Of course, uh, as he said, those are tentative. But we are starting to get more of the framework. Yeah, which is exactly what we expected bit by bit. All right, it's time for your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. They make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability from Sports Illustrated. Of course, he's our friend Chris Mannix. Chris, hello. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? Uh, we're hanging in there, Chris. Uh, it's it's nice to have some concrete facts about the NBA's return to uh, to talk about. Give us your thoughts on what we're seeing emerging. Well, it's it, you know you you clear one big hurdle when you have the vote, you know, both by the board of governors and of course the ratification by the union to uh, move forward with this plan. And now you you know try to figure out the fine print, for lack of a better phrase. You know what. What exactly to do when a player tests positive? As you've seen this week, talk about roster spots and how they may be filled. Um, you know how long players are need to be in Florida for a certain amount of time, and and how many people they can have with them in Florida. So, you know, none of these things can be unilaterally done by the NBA. They're all subject to approval by the union. That takes time. Now, they're you know from what I'm consistently told, they're moving as fast as they can to get through these things but as you've seen some little kind of you know fires pop up here or there and you know they've got to kind of put them out so you know there's still a full expectation this gets done in 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 the timeline the nba is looking to get it done but uh they, they still are working through things as we speak from what you've heard uh chris uh and as you put this together do you think it's going to be done safely how do you feel comfortable with it i guess that's my question as comfortable as you can be. I mean, I, I just, I don't think you're going to get to a point anytime soon where you're going to be completely comfortable walking anywhere or going to any public setting, you know, without catching uh, coronavirus. I mean, it's just as simple as that. There's a level of risk you're assuming with all of this. I mean, I, you guys know I cover boxing as well. You know, tomorrow night, Top Rank comes back with boxing on ESPN, the first major U.S. show since the pandemic struck. And just a couple of days ago, one of the main fighters on the card, Michaela Mayer, she tested positive, you know, for coronavirus. She's off the show. And look, their, their show is going to go on. They're following protocols similar to what UFC put together last month. And, 
that's just the way it goes. So, I mean, you're, you're for, until there's a vaccine and, and maybe even beyond that, like you're just going to go into these situations with, with a measure of risk for, uh, you know, for contracting this. And you have to decide, you know, if, is that risk worth it? Well, and and that's where I think the the daily testing comes in, and and that sort of element to it is is so fascinating. It's almost like this is we're going to watch an experiment play out, Chris, with this isolation format and with the daily testing. I'm actually from I'm no scientist, obviously, but from a scientific standpoint, I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah, I'm very curious, and and look, daily testing is is the way to go if you can afford it, and it's. It's feasible with your your plan. Um, it's it's the right thing to do. Like that's the you know the, there's again there's always going to be some level of risk there. But if you can you know make testing and contact tracing and all that stuff uh, a regular part of what you're doing, it's uh, it's the right thing to do. I mean, look, this the reality is like there are parts of this country that decided they just don't care anymore. And I'm not talking about the the protests and demonstrations. That's all certainly. Um, you know, worthwhile. I'm talking about like Las Vegas itself. Like I've seen video of Las Vegas last couple of days after opening up, people are walking around packed casinos, you know, going to tables, no masks, nothing, you know, no social distancing of any real kind. And and you see beaches, you know, nowadays flooded with people. We, I, 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 it's flabbergasting given the amount of death that's, that's occurred in this country, but we've decided we don't care. We have, we've, there's a faction of the country or part of the country that's decided they just don't give a damn. Uh, anymore, and so I, I have more of a problem with what's going on there. Far more of a problem with going on there than sports leagues and the NBA in particular. You know, reopening in the safest possible way, trying to make sure they can go about their business while their athletes and and personnel and people covering it are uh, are, are as least uh, risk as possible. Chris, here in Utah, we've had some of the highest numbers over the past week uh, uh, that have ever been as far as since this thing uh, happened. Here, I don't know how it's going in Boston, but that that's a concern. It, it's a huge concern. I mean, look, the reality is, and, and look, I'm not criticizing Adam Silver for coming back, but one of his criteria was he wanted to see the coronavirus, the new infections, you know, drop. I mean, like the day the NBA ratified its proposal was the day the day after was the highest number of new cases in Florida since mid March. Like, there's this. Is a, the reality is, is a part of us just accepted this and said, look, we're not going to be, you know, held hostage by it. And, you know, we'll, we'll take the risk that we have to take. I, I think it's lunacy. And I keep going back to Las Vegas because I can't think of a dumber place to open when it's not safe and to open in that way than Las Vegas. You literally have people coming in from all over the country, all over the world into one spot, you know, not social distancing, not doing anything, no masks, only really having to, like, take a temperature check, which is, you know, not a great way to, to be sure that somebody doesn't have it. And then you're sending them home. They're getting on planes and trains and whatever and going back to their states or countries and potentially spreading the virus, you know, once again. We, it does make me a little frustrated that, you know, I understand, you know, what, you want to get the economy moving, and I'm sure there are middle grounds between the people that say don't open up at all in the next year and people that say open up right now. But the people that go into the beaches that, that can't stay off a beach for like three weeks, like – Really, you can't you can't just like do everybody a you know a solid and stay off the beach for a little more, a little bit longer. That's the kind of stuff that really makes me frustrated. 
Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Chris, as we heard all the what the NBA was considering, you know, uh, as a format to return, a World Cup style play, those sorts of things, their their conclusion was actually fairly basic and, and close to what normally happens. Do you wish we saw maybe some more tweaks? Well, I mean, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Um, but, and I've said this to you guys in weeks past, I've been writing it all along. You know, the NBA... They want to do everything they can to make sure this champion is is viewed as legitimate. Now, there are going to be some people that, one way or the other, will always say it's an asterisk, and I can understand that argument uh, to a degree. Uh, But the NBA wanted to make sure, like, no no gimmicks. When you get the 16 playoff teams, they do best of seven in each round. Um, You know, you you, you have – you don't give any kind of advantage to a team like that's been suggested, like an extra possession to the home team to give them, you know, a de facto home court advantage. They want to make sure – that everything they do has that in mind. And Adam Silver, you know, mentioned that Michael Jordan brought it up, and I know others have been bringing it up for weeks. This has always been front and center with the NBA, that if you're going to crown a legitimate champion, uh, you have to do things in the same manner you've done things in years past, or else it won't be considered a champion. Now, if they had thrown it out the window, which I wouldn't have had a problem with, but if they had thrown it out the window, yeah, I would have loved to have seen, you know, kind of a, you know, all 30 teams back in the mix, and you do – an NCAA tournament. We didn't have an NCAA tournament this year. So maybe you do kind of like a round-robin style tournament uh, where teams get a bunch of games in and maybe you have a little bit of fun with it. Maybe like the Atlanta Hawks make a run and, you know, Vince Carter's playing for a championship. I don't know. Like there's just, you know, a lot of, a lot of cool things you could have done if you were taking the championship off the table. Chris, beyond the health concerns, uh, also uh, concerns about injury, do you think that the the ramp-up to the start at the end of July is sufficient as far as trying to do this as responsibly as possible from an injury standpoint? It's a legitimate concern because you're really only talking about teams having a couple of weeks back in the facilities and then three-and-a-half-ish weeks of training camp slash regular season games, whatever. Um, it, it's a legitimate concern. Like, I, I, you don't want to see an injury, but it wouldn't surprise me to have one, especially when you have so many guys that haven't been doing much of anything. You know, maybe it's a few jump shots here or there. Uh, some guys like Mike Conley, you know, having gyms in their houses certainly is a, a great benefit. The teams that play in the South where the players have been, um, you know, they certainly have an advantage playing outdoors. But, you know, in any, in any off season, you know, guys are ramping up. They're working with personal trainers, which you can't do or haven't been able to do now. Uh, they're doing full, you know, full speed activities, and now they haven't been doing it. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see, you know, a kind of a, a run on hamstring strains, sprained ankles, and you know, minor injuries that can flare up based on inactivity. And you hope that none of those injuries lead to something serious that carries into the next season. Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And, and Chris, I want to I want to bring up our current circumstance that we're in with uh, with uh, the country and social justice. But I want to bring up a specific NBA question for you. So feel free to, to take this answer whatever direction you, you really want to go. But uh, the NBA has a rule against kneeling for the national anthem. And that, once again, is becoming a, a hot topic in this country with President Trump's tweets and, of course, Roger Goodell and, and his statement that he released last Friday. But if uh, the NBA is presented with a situation where one of their players wants to kneel during the national anthem, how do you think they'll handle that? Well, it, it's a good question. And, you know, as I was thinking about this in the last couple of days, I went back to some stories I wrote back in 2017. And, 
you know, this is when, you know, the president was going after the kneelers in the NFL and making it a, a front burner issue in American politics. Um, I addressed this. I brought, I asked Adam Silver about this. I asked NBA owners about this. And my sense at the time was that if any NBA players kneeled, they would be punished. They would be either fined or suspended or, you know, it, it would not, they wouldn't just let it go. I mean, that, that seemed to be a bridge too far at that time for Adam Silver and for the NBA. And I know a lot of players considered it at that time. I mean, I, I asked LeBron about it, J.R. Smith, others, you know, considered it uh, at least. And that was around that time that Kobe Bryant, who was a year into retirement, he had said he would have kneeled. Like if he was still playing, he would have kneeled. So I think the NBA in a lot of ways dodged the bullet then when no players decided to kneel that temperatures cooled a little bit between when it was a big issue and then the season actually started. Uh, but I could see it happening this time around, especially if NFL players, you know, get involved once again and, and start doing it en masse. That's been suggested. And I think it'll put the NBA in a very interesting spot. And look, this is kind of what I wrote about this week. I mean, statements are great. Like make statements all day long. It's, it's kind of, it's good, but it's kind of easy to do right when something like this starts. What's not easy to do is to back your players when things get a little bit hot, little hot when the president comes after you and, you know, tries to affect your economics. I mean, will you back your players then and stand by them when they want to, uh, you know, protest the way they want to protest? Uh, I think it, it could get really interesting if you see NBA players, NBA players do that. I'm not, I can't sit here and say I'm convinced that, you know, the progressiveness of the NBA shown uh, will continue throughout, throughout something like that. On a larger scale, uh, what, what's your overall thought, uh, Chris, on the uh, on, on the state of the country as it pertains to these issues? Uh, care to comment on that at all? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, the situation itself is tragic, but I've had a lot of conversations with you know NBA players, ex NBA players, executives, and you know the the one thing I'm I'm happy that's that's coming out of this is it does seem like this is an inflection point, and it does seem like this could be a real turning point. And that's, that's been one of the more frustrating parts about, you know, this country in general and our attention span in general. I mean, George Floyd is not the first black man that has been senselessly killed at the hands of a police officer or, in the case of, of recent history, just, you know, racist, real white people chasing someone down, chasing a jogger down the streets and and shooting them like this, this, this happens way too often. And, you know, too often we get outraged and then we all move on. Like there's a sense from, from the people I've talked to that this might be one of those situations that we don't move on from. This might be one of those situations that's happened that really, you know, stirs change in, uh, in some of these issues. And I'm not exactly sure, guys, what tangible change looks like. I've asked those questions and, you know, some people have told me they just want to see more funding for, you know, community programs uh, more funding for social justice issues, things like that. Um, but if, if something good comes out of this and it seems to be trending in that direction, I think that's at least, you know, one positive that can come from just something that was just truly horrible and has had, you know, such a nightmarish effect on the country. Chris Mannix is with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Um, Gordon and I have talked a lot, and you hit on this a little bit, but what sports' role can be in this situation, because it has played a predominant role in this exact uh, topic or on this exact topic for a long, long time. I mean, think, you know, Muhammad Ali or, or go uh, on back to Jesse Owens. And But sports' role going further, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean... I don't like to, you know, when, 
when I hear team owners or even league officials talk about, you know, sports can play a big role, you know, in, in healing when, when they come back. I mean, I don't think it's, I think it's probably true, but I don't like to give, I don't like to give owners too much credit. I think we're coming back for bat with basketball and sports because they, they want the money like that. Let's just be real about that. Like they, this is a financial decision to come back. Now there can be a ripple effect. No question where, you know, sports, you know, comes back and it does have kind of a healing effect on things. And, you know, players using their platforms as so many have over the last couple of weeks and months, um, you know, that can have uh, an even more of a positive effect on, on what's going on out there. So I, I certainly think it can have, have a, have an effect, have a ripple effect. I'm just, you said some interesting things, interesting names there, whether it's Jesse Owens at the Olympics or Muhammad Ali, you know, who lost, what, three-plus years of his professional career, prime years of his career because he was standing up for what he believed was right. You know, that's what I'm interested in what players do. I mean, it's, it's one thing to, to go on social media and, and tweet stuff. I'm, I'm wondering what, you know, if, if it becomes like a real battle between players and and you know the NBA, whether it's for kneeling or, or wearing something on their jersey, stuff that you know many players I think want to do uh, to send a message. You know, how will they react if the NBA reacts in the wrong way? I think there's there's a lot to learn about what's what comes next in the next few months. I just think it's going to be you know really compelling to watch. Chris, we appreciate it uh, you jumping on as always. Thank you very much. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated with us here on the Big Show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Chris joins us each and every Monday. Jake, one question that uh, we didn't talk with uh, Chris about on this occasion, but, you know, when the when the players voted on coming back, uh, it was an absolute landslide. Wasn't that unanimous? The players coming back? Una- yeah. Well, it was from the, the, the reps. Right. Um, yeah, not every player. I don't think what? they... They said that. Yeah, that's my further question. Do you think there are uh, a substantial number number of players out there who don't feel comfortable coming back and who, who really don't want to come back? Substantial? No, I don't think that. Okay. Because if there was a substantial, we wouldn't be even having this conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a substantial number of baseball players that don't want to come back for a different reason, mind you, and we certainly know about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I would doubt if the number is substantial. I am curious. Uh, do you think to, there's if, a silent minority out there who uh, really are nervous about going to Florida and holding up in a hotel and, and, and playing this way? Because this isn't what they signed up for when they signed their contracts. This isn't what anybody expected. Um, I hope not. Silent major- minority, Gordon. I, I hope. I mean, Minority is such a, uh, in this case, you know, it could be one or it could be 50, right? So mm-hmm. I am sure there is at least one player who is, is nervous about the, about the situation. And I hope that, that at least one, and if there are more, I hope they voice their opinion. I mean, that's, that's how it's supposed to work. And if they don't want to do it, I hope they're given the latitude to do what's best for them and their family and they figure out a way to, to make that work. How do you think that would be received? Uh, by whom? Whoever. A club, teammates, fans. I would hope that it would be met with respect that, you know, everybody's got to make their own decision on what's best for them. I, I would hope that's how it would, that would be my opinion. There's no way for us really to answer that question. We don't know. We don't know who 
if there are some, we don't know who they are because we haven't heard. Uh, we haven't taken our own poll. But I, I, I agree with you. I, I feel for people, uh, for players. This is what they want to do for a living. They get paid well to do it, really well. Um, but when it comes to the welfare of your family and uh, issues like health in the face of a pandemic, eh, that's something that's hard to prepare for for some folks. Now, like Chris said, it seems as though the country as a whole is the way he said it was they don't care. They're going to go forward and do what they're going to do and uh, let the chips fall where they may, I guess. But there are some people out there who are still concerned. And I wonder how health officials feel about it, you know. I mean, many of them have sort of fallen into that that pressure, if that's what it is. I hope I'm not characterizing that irresponsibly, but from other concerns in the country where they feel like, well, we just have to go along with this. And in Florida, like Chris was talking about, there have been record numbers in recent days. And it, it just, I don't know, it's, it's that same question that we've talked a lot about is where do you draw that line between what's productive, what isn't productive, what uh, is good for the economy, what is good for the individual, what is good for the health care system, what is good for, for uh, dollars and cents. Well, I, I mean, as far as the NBA goes, I think that's that's why the uh, the bubble idea appealed to the NBA, because in theory, you should be able to put that anywhere and provide some extra level of security for your players and staff. Right. I mean, that's that's the idea. I mean, I just uh, I just uh, read uh, today them talking about uh, how there's I don't know if you want to view this as a punishment, but uh, any player that leaves that campus uh, will receive a 10-day quarantine. Again, it's probably not the best idea to look at that as a punishment, but you know, if if you go outside the bubble, you're going to have to be isolated for 10 days. I mean, there you, you know, uh, I really feel like the NBA is going to their uh, to great lengths to take some of these issues as off the table as they could possibly be taken. And like you asked and Chris talked about the daily testing is uh, is pretty important in that regard oh as far as like a a, a science experiment and i don't mean for this to come off uh, you know um uh, lacking sympathy but uh, i think it'll be really interesting to see how how this goes with the parameters that the nba has has laid out i'm i'm pretty confident in the whole thing i gotta i gotta say but we're gonna find out and what happens if a player does test positive you we've talked a lot about that but i wonder how that's going to be received from teammates and from coaches, from from the NBA as a whole. Yeah, well, I mean, our, our perspective on the on the virus in general has changed a little bit because, for one thing, a, a, a lot of people have had it in our country. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. when Rudy and Donovan were amongst the first two, seemingly or two most public. I mean, we didn't know as much as we know now, including that a lot of people were going to get it, right? I wonder what the reach of it is. Is the numbers that we've heard about are they accurate? Is the testing accurate? When when did I wonder when that the same questions we've been talking about for months now? I wonder how many people had it before uh, Rudy tested positive. Right. 
in our country and quite frankly in our in our neighborhoods in our community here i i don't know the answer to that and i'm not sure the experts do either oh i don't think they do i don't think we'll actually know the answer to that until this thing is all said and done unfortunately man i sure hope that vaccine does solve it uh, i i i know they're moving toward phase 3 testing uh, in that regard, and uh, and I uh, and they have a couple of different candidate vaccines that they're working on, and they're producing. They are producing these vaccines so that whichever one is uh, is found to be favorable, uh, they have it. They'll have it ready to go uh, by the end of the year. Is what I, I've read, and that uh, if if that's true, then that would be fantastic. But everybody has to hang on between now and, and then. Did you read that story in the Tribune over the weekend about Utahns who have had it and what their experience was like? I did. Uh-huh. Man. That's interesting. That was, that's, that's, it's, it's, it's a rough go. It's not something to be scoffed at in any way, shape, or form. And even for people who see themselves as being young and vibrant. All right, we'll get to more Big Show coming up right around the corner. Don't forget, not Sports Report uh, at 4.50. Kenneth Scott joins the show coming up next. Uh, very excited to talk to, uh, to Kenneth. Uh, joining us now from RGS Exterior, uh, Exterior, excuse me, it's our good friend Tim. And, Tim, we're getting the word out. Uh, folks are spending a lot of time at home. Probably, uh, uh, you know, some of those issues they've had with their exteriors are, are standing out more and more. today. Uh, it's a good time to take advantage and, and get that taken care of. That's right. We're we're home a little bit more than we used to, right? We don't have as much going on, and so we see what we what we the problems we've got and what we need to do, and that's what we're here for is to help out and to get us get you some new siding or gutters or do whatever it is that uh, you or the wife wants done. Well, let's talk about uh, being preferred by James Hardy and what that means because they are the best and they recognize you as uh, as the best here in this community. Yeah, we're very grateful and very fortunate to be uh, the the elite preferred contractor in in Utah. And and really, just there are certain standards that James Hardy um, sets, and we're able to meet those. Um, One thing we haven't really talked about before, but uh, is a big deal, is that they have an independent company, Guild Quality, um, survey their customers. So all my customers are sent a survey, and and it's you know anonymous, and and customers are sent, and you have to have an over ninety percent referral rate to be able to uh, even be considered. And, you know, that doesn't sound, maybe not sound like it's high, but the national average for a referral rate in our industry is 50%. So it's almost like flipping a coin, whether you're going to get a good contract or not. And uh, we're very fortunate and and happy to say that we have a 90% approval rating, actually over 90%. Awesome. All right, so here's the number to call, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. And, Tim, pretty much if it's uh, uh, on the exterior of your home, you're doing it, whether it's gutters or whether it's soffit and uh, fascia, uh, you guys can do it. You betcha. We got it with all the rain today, a lot of gutters, a lot of problems with gutters, clogged gutters. We're happy to do that. Siding, soffit, fascia, stucco, stone. Anything on the outside to make it look pretty and make it function, that's what we're here for. 801-280-3110, Thanks, Tim. Thanks, guys. That's Tim from RGS Exteriors. We'll have more coming up next. Kenneth Scott, the former Ute, joins the show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This 
is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, former Ute, of course, he's our friend Kenneth Scott with us back on the big show. Kenneth, how are you and yours? Everybody doing all right? Man, everything is going well on my end, man. No complaints at all. Um, you know, family is good and healthy, so that's a plus. How's everything on with you guys? That's great. Uh, Gordon, I won't speak for you, but uh, uh, my my family, everybody's doing just fine. Thanks, Kenneth. Yeah, thanks for oh, asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth, let's let's start with kind of the big story, not only locally but nationally, and that, of course, uh, Morgan Scally uh, and the story right. that broke on Friday. And I'm just curious to... Kind of your thoughts, your reaction when you heard the news, and uh, what you're thinking now. Yeah, definitely. Everybody knows it was an unfortunate situation, you know, that occurred about seven years ago. However, you know, Coach Scally is a great man. Like he, I don't want to take any credibility away from him because some of the things that Coach Scally does for people, it may not be seen out in the public, but he does a lot for for, for people, you know, as far as the players. Or even people that's not even players out in the field or out, outside the field, the fans, supporters. And so uh, when I heard the news, obviously it was unfortunate. Um, and he's he's the, type, he's the type of person that's going to take accountability for his actions, which, you know, a real man is going to do. And, and so I applaud him for that. But, you know, he's done a lot of great things. He has high character. And we I certainly do appreciate him as a person. So uh, nothing really took nothing from me. It was an honest it was a mistake, obviously. And, Coach Shaw, at the end of the day, wouldn't be a friend, <laughs> wouldn't be a best friend of someone that was seen in that type of light. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that, that goes a long way as well. But this, this guy is a truly, truly, truly uh, a great human being all around. So I guess that raises the question then, Kenneth. Can you be a great human being and use that racist slur? Well, is he, we all don't understand that. We don't know the context of it, right? I mean, he's, we all know that he's not a racist whatsoever. Uh, but he's a, he's a great human being. So that's all I can say really about the situation. I just know, you know, he's not a racist. That's what people may portray him to be. He may have made a mistake, probably got too comfortable in the situation, whatever it may be, but he's definitely not a racist. Kenneth Scott is with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Can you talk about the, the environment uh, on the Utah football team when you were there, and was it someplace you felt comfortable? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely felt comfortable. I'm the type of person that I guess it, it comes with the territory. One of my things when I was getting recruited and coming into like, how can I expand on everything in regards to my environment and learn how to adapt and adjust. 
so I can be able to learn from different experiences. And that's one of the reasons why I chose the University of Utah. Different, out of my element. You know, <laughs> growing up, I was in the, a really minority-driven area, so I didn't really have that many instances where I communicated with people other than or outside of, right? And so for me, that was one of my big challenges for myself was, like, um, just trying to gain a different experience. And so going to Utah did give me that great experience. And to paint the picture, man, I, like my grandma says, like my grandma probably says all the time, and you got some people that are the same race that you can't stand, <laughs> right? And so you can't paint the picture uh, for everybody, right? So so when I came to Utah, and it was nothing but love from, from everybody, and the support uh, that I was given. So I never had a, an issue with any of those circumstances um, with anybody. They may have, you know, said something about a bad game or something, but it never went to that that's told to where they, they try to insult you personally. So um, I have nothing bad to say in that regards um, because I wasn't a, a victim towards it or experienced that personally. Now, I'll ask this question, but I'll preface it by saying, Kenneth, I know just because you're African-American, you can't speak for all African-Americans. Everybody has different <laughs> opinions. Everybody right. has different thoughts and looks at things differently. But do you right. think there is viability to the concern by some that if uh, since Morgan did uh, essentially admit to using that that racist term, uh, that it would affect recruiting moving forward and that people might question uh, their ability to sign at a school that has that man as a coach if he did use that term. What do you, what do you, is there a vibe, is that, is that, is that something that is a real concern? I mean, it's going to affect the recruiting for sure in some light or another, but the way to bounce back, well, the way to handle that situation is just, I mean, you're, he, he stood up for it. I mean, it's as different as he kind of, you know, he, he kind of just played, played in the background, didn't really care too much for it. Uh, but he's, yeah, I just like what I've read or heard uh, was that, you know, he went back to that same recruit and, and apologized for a situation. So he took ownership of the situation. He just didn't brush it the mat. He took ownership of it. And so it may affect recruiting for the short term, but as far as long term, I don't think it's going to affect it too much because, you know, he has people that's backing him that's going to vouch for, uh, you know, him as a person and know that he's not like that, you know. So um, I don't think it's going to affect too much in the long term. But short term, it might have an effect because everything that's going on and, it's, and it's, you know, you're just picking at an open wound right now. So uh, it's going to affect the short term. But long term, I think, um, you know, as people get to know him more and he potentially advocates and stands out. Uh, and then this is going to be a good Lesson for him. Well, a good thing for him too. Educate people on what not to do, and he's going to be looked at, you know, in a different light. And he's going to share his experiences and and be an advocate for like why you shouldn't do it. You know, that type of thing. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a short term loss, but long term, it's not going to affect too much. Kenneth, I want to I want to uh, pay you a compliment, and I'm going back a, a couple of answers, and I'm, I apologize for rewinding okay. a little bit, but I wanted to highlight this. You mentioned that one of the reasons that you came to Utah is you wanted a different experience. You wanted to broaden your horizon. Mm-hmm. You wanted to use the word uncomfortable and, and be and embrace that uncomfortability. And I just wanted to say I admire that, and that you would have that perspective at such a, a, a young age. I think is very admirable. And maybe okay. if 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 more of us felt that way to want to understand something that might even be a little scary because we don't know. I, I think I think that's such a positive thing, and, and I think that's great that that's how you felt and acted. 
I appreciate it because, man, <laughs> I'll tell you this story right here. When I, was, I think I was 16 when I first committed to Utah, I told my mom, like, yeah, I'm committing to Utah. Well, she was teed off. She was pissed. She called Coach Ryan. <laughs> she was like, how you going to take a commitment from a 60-year-old and stuff like that? But then, you know, Coach Ryan, he called her back. Well, he, he talked to her, and she, he was, she was persuaded. She was like, you know what? It is, it is a great thing for him to get out of this environment and, you know, experience something new, man. And I, Coach Rod, man, I, man, I love that dude so much, man. I still talk to him to this day, man. He's, he's, he's just an awesome dude, man. I can write a story, a, a book about, you know, how much I appreciate him because, man, if only y'all knew, like, all the stuff that he did for me, like, it means a lot. Like, for, like he means a lot to me in my life, so. Uh, yeah, definitely Utah definitely helped me out become, you know, whole. Kenneth, what are, what are some of the other things you learned while you were in school at, at Utah? Not just playing football, but uh-huh. sort of, uh, what are things that stand out to you? Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me is uh, I would say you can't listen to what everybody says. <laughs> you know, when I first – you know, what, what I mean by that is this. When I first got to Utah, well, before I got to Utah, I didn't even know where Utah was, to be honest with you, on the map. And then when I, and when I was getting recruited, and then once I got to Utah, uh, people were like, do you know, why are you doing that? Do you know what a Mormon is? Do you know, you know, so they shed a real bad light on Utah. And so, you know, going there, I was kind of nervous. I was like, okay, all right, what am I going to do here? And then what helped me out was I started getting in the community. I started talking to people other than myself. You know, I start educating myself on, you know, the the Mormon religion. I start, you know, educating myself on, uh, you know, people from different cultures, like a Polynesian culture. You know, I took classes in their culture. I took, you know, just started educating myself, you know, through everybody. And so one thing I learned was to educate myself from my, not my box. Like, get outside of my box and start educating myself. And so that's probably the biggest thing that I learned and being able to share my experiences with them. And they, and also, in turn, they shared their experiences with me. And that vulnerability allowed us to connect with each other. And so I think that's the biggest takeaway that I learned, like for sure, for sure, is just being able to share my experiences so we can educate one another and how to move forward, you know, as a partnership, you know, to grow. So that, I think that was the main thing for me. Well, that's pretty cool, actually. Jake, isn't that yeah, that's awesome? A, that's, a, that's a win-win all around. <laughs> yeah, man, definitely. You know what's funny? Like, you know, I, I used to spend a lot of time volunteering uh, in the juvenile center, and I was like, man, like, here I am. I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm coming from California, and so I'm like, nah, Utah can't have no bad areas. You know, can't, you know, and so, you know, going to these juvenile centers, man, and just listening to today's stories, you know, really painting a different picture for me. It's like, man, everybody's going through the same thing, it seemed like, and everybody's just trying to find that source of healing. And so by opening up, just like I said before, and educating each other and sharing our experiences, it, it helped. And I think, you know, with this climate that we're in, especially as you guys mentioned in the, in the beginning, you know, like I think that's all we need to do is just educate each other and share each other's experiences so that we can understand what's on the table and see how we can provide a solution for it. And so, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're in right now. So, yeah, that's what I got to say about it. Well, Kenneth, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show today and giving us your perspective. There's a lot of value there, and I'm glad uh, our listeners had a chance to hear it today. Oh, man, I appreciate you guys for having me on and you know, just allowing me a platform to speak. So definitely thank you guys.
Thank you, Kenneth. And Thanks, hey, next Kenneth. time, uh, next time you come on, let's let's hopefully talk a little football. <laughs> Sounds good. So we're talking about when we're going to beat uh, BYU for the 10th time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to start up just yet. I don't want to start up. That's just yet. <laughs> Too late. Well, you might have just, you just did. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kenneth. Oh, no problem. You guys take care. Have a great day. That's Kenneth Scott uh, coming on. And then, like I said, Gordon, giving us a, a really great perspective. I've He's, he's always... Um, uh, I don't know. He always makes me think when he comes on the show, and, and I just really appreciate that. That was really fun. Yeah, he seems, and we've talked with Kenneth a lot of times, but every time we have him on, doesn't he sort of lift lift your spirits a little bit? He does. He's He's got one of those personalities that that uh, is, is infectious in a really good way. And, he's, I mean, it's been that way since I remember when he was a freshman, Gordon. I mean, it's it's been that yeah. way since he got here. That's, that's, uh, that's really encouraging. All right. All right. Uh, we'll get that up soon at 1280thezone.com. If you only caught a piece of that, that, that entire conversation I thought was, was really worthwhile. Uh, we'll get that up uh, online again at uh, 1280thezone.com. Uh, we've got uh, the Not Sports Report coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Michelle Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to get a winner for the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Be color 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. And correctly identify the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Announced by David and Pat this morning at 850. And you'll win a Zone prize pack. It's the Chevy Strong Play of the Game. Brought to you by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. Right here on the Zone Sports Network. It is time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? We're going all over the place, and I'll do this real quick, but I want to get your quick comments. I have like five different things. Okay. Okay. The first one is this. Jeff Bezos, you've heard of him? Yeah, <laughs> I have. Uh, I saw a report that he would be worth 200 billion dollars right now had he not had his divorce last year his wife Mackenzie walked off with like 50 billion and he's up to 152 billion now yeah that was an expensive divorce i mean but and and now projections are that he'll be he could be the world's first trillionaire by the year 2026 Mm. Unbelievable! I can't that that amount of money is just. I mean, he's got to be richer than a lot of countries out there. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. That's a lot of scratch there, Gordo. And, and his, then, his wife's not, or ex-wife, she's not doing bad either. No, I mean fifty billion. How does she get by? <laughs> that's a, um, fifty billion. I mean, think Austin could spend like a million dollars a day for the rest of his life and not use it up. It's pretty wild. I, I just remarkable. What's it All like, right. Gordon? O- over the weekend, uh, you know, it was D-Day, the anniversary of D-Day. It was. June 6th, uh, 1944, 76 years ago. And I saw a report, and I thought this was really cool. I've never been to Normandy. It's something that I would like to do. But did you see this report about how just 
common folks there uh, uh, that live around that area go to the cemetery, the military cemetery there, and they they take care of uh, you know the the, uh, the the graves and whatnot. And apparently, what they do is they take uh, sand from the beach, from Omaha Beach, and they bring it up and they put it on, across so that it makes the names of the individuals who are buried there stand out more, and then they brush it so that it looks all tidy and whatnot. Man, with tender love and care, that made me feel good. Yeah, that's incredible. I thought that was uh, a pretty cool thing. And then uh, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, do you know that they installed a uh, new kind of uh, uh, renovation for the sidewalk there, but apparently the bridge, now when the wind blows, it makes this really creepy alien-like sound. And people can hear it all over the bay. Then there's this. A nine-year-old girl in Minneapolis has raised $42,000 by selling from her front yard friendship bracelets. Wait, how much? (laughs) $42,000. Wow. Jake Jake wants to know if she has a permit. I do. She is (laughs) gaming the the system right there. Uh, Think she, of the taxes she's she getting away taxes? with. That's right. She paid taxes on that dough. Uh, she's donating it. Hmm. Oh, that's I nice. Mean, Hope she going, saves her receipts because <laughs> Jake going. will have her audited. And then, Jake, finally, uh, I've got a couple more, but I'll whittle it down to one more. There is a dad. I don't even know where he is, but he. Okay, before I tell the story, let me let me ask you. You know that book I told you I, I want to give you a How to Dad. Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. uh, so that you can have make different things with your daughter and uh, in Austin, you too. Uh, so then the question becomes: How far do you take it? I know you took her out to fly a kite. You've taken her on walks and and you take her to different places and whatnot. But I read this story about a guy who turned his Ridem lawnmower into a tank for his kid that's that's pretty awesome for the kid into a tank that's pretty crazy i mean i don't think it has you know live ammo or anything like that but uh, are, is that how far are you willing to take it i guess that's my question to, to take what to take your attention to your daughter as far as are you are well you i'm not willing, going that far if that's what will, will you build like a slide that goes from your top floor to your bottom floor down the steps and around i mean uh, how much energy are you going to put into uh, uh, providing something fun for your daughter? Minimal. Yeah, very minimal. Yeah, I'm not building <laughs> Adequate, but minimal. I, You know, I, I put together her toy kitchen at Christmas time, and that was about as much physical labor as I'm, I'm really looking to get into here, Gordon. That's as far as you're going. That's huh? about it, yeah. I think you need to learn. I mean, you got to, Austin, you got you to gotta get your engineering degree so you uh. can build stuff for your kid. Listen here, five diaper. I'm not taking <laughs> yeah, advice seriously. from you. Seriously. <laughs> that is so not true. <laughs> well, it came from a good source. <laughs> About the she closest. Was, yep. was, In fact, she, to still a Gordon Monson uh, uh, ism, let me just say it this way our source was really, really, really close. <laughs> I really mean, really close. close. Yep. <laughs> One other thing. I'm sorry. I can't help Tim myself. is ready. Did you see that Michael Jordan, I know this is kind of sports related, but he's currently participating in a $3 million fishing tournament. Well, good for him. That sounds fun. I hope he loses. There's <laughs> money involved. And one other thing. One other thing. Did you see this story about this kid, this teenager from Philly, 
who who has he broke the record for the world's biggest mouth. He could he could put an entire apple, a big apple, in his mouth at one time. Apparently, they measure the gape, and he has like a three point seven five incher. That's that's the last time I want the the word gape used on this on this show. That's it. There's the line. We could have left it three stories ago. Yeah, we could have. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now from RGS Exteriors, you can call him 801-280-3110. He's our friend Tim. Hi, Tim. Hey, how are we doing, guys? I guess uh, I've always been told I have a big mouth, so maybe I can fit an apple in mine, too. <laughs> there you go. Maybe just do measure the, what was that word, Gordon? Gape? The gate? Yeah. The gate of my mouth? I don't know. How do I do that, Gordon? Do I stick a ruler in there or what? Yeah, 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 that's what they did. <laughs> okay. They measured. They measured from his upper lip to his lower lip, and they broke the. No, I'll do that when I get home. I'll let you know. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, let's talk about uh, you guys there at RGS, Tim. Uh, five, uh, five generations of doing business in Salt Lake. You guys know what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. We we try to do what we can to to take care of us. We like to have fun and joke around, but all, in all seriousness, that's what we're here for. A lot of rain today. A lot of people have been plugged and, and overflowed. So. We're here to help out with that. Let's put some covers on your gutters, clean them out, do whatever we got to do so that you don't flood anymore. And you know that on the siding, siding, stucco, stone, like we've been talking about all day, the hardy siding, just here to help out the customers any way we can. And you, you mentioned it with the, the exterior. You guys can actually show folks what it'll look like when it's done. Yeah, we have a computer program that we use. That we basically take a picture of the customer's home and put different products on there and designs. And so our sales guys are a really good job of that. They just kind of tweak and twist and play with and do different colors and different products so the customers can get a really good feel of what it's going to look like before we get started. They are a nine-time best-of-state winner. Give them a call today. Get on the schedule. Find out what they can do for you. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110. RGS Exteriors. Tim, thank you as always. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. That's Tim from RGS Exteriors. Again, that number, 801-280-3110. Gordon, we'll get to, uh, we'll we'll continue to talk about the Morgan Scally situation. Uh, I thought some really interesting comments from Kenneth Scott uh, there in the 430 segment. But we also have to get further updates on uh, people suggesting who would play young Gordon Monson in a movie about (laughs) your life. So we will get, uh, we, if you don't follow me, at Jake Scott Zone, we tweeted out a picture of young Gordon Monson. And we're trying to pair it with an actor who would play him. And we've got some good suggestions. So we'll get to that coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.